This is going to be most likely a shorter episode, but I was talking about it uh, briefly in my episode about teachers' unions in the NBA. So, a wee bit of background on me. I've mentioned this before, but I grew up in a tattoo shop. And I mean grew up in a tattoo shop. Like, before I was going to elementary school, I was mopping and sweeping the floors at a tattoo shop. I was shoveling drive, shoveling the parking lot. It was a big parking lot, too. It was like a 10, 15 car parking lot, which isn't big for, like, adult standards. But when you're a kid shoveling that parking lot by yourself, dude, it makes you appreciate the size of the driveway and the fucking sidewalk at home. Tell you. You're grateful for that shit. Because you know what you gotta do later, because you gotta go to the tattoo shop, and you gotta shave the front patio, the back patio, the sidewalk around the building, the sidewalk in front of the building, the driveway, the parking lot, like, all that shit. It was a pain in the dick. But I did it, you know, I got paid for it. And at the same time, you know, before I go to school, I'm working phone lines. The tattoo shop's gone now, so I can say the name of it. People call me like... <clears throat> Thank you for calling SC Tattoo and Body Piercing. My name is James. I'm going to be a service. Oh, you want a navel piercing? That is $50. That includes your jewelry and care kit we give you afterwards. We do need to see... How old are you? Okay. Uh, that is 16 with the parent, 18 without. You need to bring in your parents in some form of photo ID to show that you are related. Yep. Uh, state ID. If your last name is different, we need something to prove that they're actually your folks. It's just standard policy. Alrighty. Uh, you get a time piercing? Alrighty, cool. That has a six to eight week healing process. No beer, wine, soft cheese, or yogurt. Nothing with the yeast or a live enzyme in it to prevent any sort of yeast infection. Yep, yep. Care kits included. That includes your jewelry and the piercing as well. That's all in all, a $60 package. Alright, we'll see you at five o'clock. There you go. You're done. All set up. You know, I was doing that shit as a kid. And at the same time, you know, I'm growing up. The music planes like System of a Down, Guar, Slipknot, Tool, Theory of a Dead Man, Death Punch, Sarah Antebellum, Taking Back Tuesday. Not Taking Back Tuesday, sorry. What was that other band? They had a. I can't think of the name. It was, a, it was something about Sunday, I believe. Anyway. Then you had Silverstein later on. You had, you know, fucking Lincoln Park, Daughtry. Shine Down, Five Finger Death Punch, Dropkick Murphys, The Decemberists. Decemberists is the band that soured on me a lot over time. I guess maybe because I went more Republican as time has gone on. I got more to the right. I shouldn't say Republican. I'm not quite a Republican. I don't, I'm not really a back-the-blue type of individual. I call the cops. I didn't tell myself it's because I'm my tax dollars are going there anyway, so I might as well make use of them if I need to. That, and I'm not in a standard ground state. Go figure. At least not anymore. Pain in the dick. You know, I'm growing up listening to all these anti-establishment bands. Let's move it down especially. You know, why do they always send the poor? They always send the poor. They always send the poor. Yeah. Prison is another one of their songs that really stuck out to me. Because, you know, I had a father that was in uh, the prison system. But, you know, I grew up in the tattoo shop. You know, I had these... I had people from all walks of life, Republicans, Democrats, anarchists, socialists, punks, goths, emos, scene, you name them, they came in. And I just kind of got to talk to all of them, you know, I, I got to kind of sample it out, see what people were like, see what they had going on, see where they were coming from. You can learn a lot from people based on the tattoos they're getting, but... I kind of grew up in this, you know, before I was going to school, I was working. I had an allowance at the at home, take care of the dog, clean up the yard, mow the lawn, do the dishes, this, that, and the other thing. You know, you get $25, $30 at the end of the week. Now, the tattoo shop, it's a little different, you know. Not only did I have, like, somewhat of a wage there, because, you know, I get there, Clean up the, you know, use glass cleaner, wipe down all the windows, clean up all the glass cabinets, sweep and mop the store before we opened, sweep and mop after we closed, make sure the iguana, we had a pet iguanas. 
statue show. She was like our mascot, Mama the Iguana. She used to have a mate. Uh, then we found out the hard way that after Iguana's mate, they fucking kill their mate. So that was a lesson. And then I kind of, like, on top of all this, you know, organize the tattoo, like, like, like the flash art books. Organize them by color. Then go through, organize artists by artists. Taylor Jerry, Ed Hardy, Tommy Tattoo, Inky John. All that shit. Just do, 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 do. Organize that shit up. Then go through the cabinets. Organize by gauge and size. Metal type, plastic types, acrylic, so on and so forth. Organize the beads. And then you gotta have to get you had to get everything packaged up for the enclave, which is like this big metal thing. It has like a seal on it. It's like this big round metal door. It has like this black knob coming off it. You push it and then you like latch that bitch shut. Fill it back with water. You had to get the the tattoo packaging. They're like these blue sterilized packages, right? You had them peel the strip off, fold them, label what they are, and then put them on the metal tray that slides in the middle. There's a bunch of holes in it. Slide it in. Once it's sanitized, the white strip will turn blue. Then I started developing, like, side hustles, you know? I got pretty good at drawing, too, for a while there. I fucked my hands up. Beautiful little bit of ASMR there for you. Like, I completely... Well, my brother destroyed my left hand. Uh, We had this old Montana van, like a 2002 Montana van. And the rubber... That creates like that seal around the door was worn off, right? I'm climbing over the seat to get out. Our brother slides the door shut, completely destroys it because my knuckles, right? I'm like maybe 10. My knuckles get crushed in the fucking door. Killer, dude. And then, uh, I think it was either the same year or the year afterwards, I was helping, uh, break up some, uh, break up this concrete stair these concrete steps and building like a wooden staircase porch thing for him but we had to break up the concrete and i go to move some brick and the guy with the sledgehammer doesn't notice and he absolutely crushes my right hand under that sledgehammer he just fucking destroys that bitch yeah no it was the same it was the same year just like eight months apart because i'd just gotten the one hand out of the cast and the other hand had to go right into one of the bitch but you know anyway and the side hustle i kind of gathered is there was a a liquor store down the street, and I know the tattoo artists, the receptionists, all the other folks. They they would always like taking turns running down to the gas station or running down to the uh, to the party store down the street, the style party store. And I, I started thinking about it, right? And there was I know so the same thing: Pepsi there, Starbucks frappuccino there, slice of pizza there, so on and so forth, right? So my, my little brain starts getting gears turning, and I'm probably like six at this point in time. So I'm asking them, like, hey, I'll run to the store for you if I can get, like, a tea. Oh, yeah, what kind of tea do you want? Oh, just an Arizona tea. Actually, I'm drinking an Arizona uh, herbal energy tonic right now. Ah, it's so good. I love it. Although I miss finding the uh, RX Stress. I just love to get really high. And drink like two or three of those in one sitting, man. Just zen the fuck out. Remember Bob Marley teas? Yeah, the Bob Marley black tea. Oh, that fuck was so goddamn good. Fuck, I miss it. Then you had the VAV Fusion, strawberry banana. Oh, that was my shit. Being the fact, yeah, I was always drinking V8 fucking fusions. But they were just fruit juice, essentially. Anyway. So, you know, I started asking, like, hey, you know, you want anything to the tattoo shop? Or, sorry, you go around the tattoo shop and, like, hey, you want anything from the party store? You want anything from the party store? You want anything from the party store? And even if they didn't want it at the moment, a couple minutes later, they kind of like, like, actually, I changed my mind. Here's 10 bucks. So grab me a pack of five gums, some sour Altoids, uh, a Monster, a Fiji water, and whatever left's yours. No, no, that's like a $6 order. They just gave me 10 bucks. So on top of what I'm making from doing all the chores at the tattoo shop, the chores at home, and here, you know, I'm just getting like five dollars off a of, uh, extra off a fucking person. Times that by four or five tattoo artists, you know, at the end of the day, I'm leaving with like 30, 40 bucks, depending on how many times they had me go up there. And you know, that's money that uh, I was saving for a long time, but eventually my ass decided to get all fat boy and start buying junk food all the fucking time. As any kid with money would probably do. But you know, before I even went into fucking school, you know, I had this hustle going. 
you know, I had this, like, money-making shit going. And I actually kind of evolved later on, too, because I'm about 10 at this point. 10 or 11. No, I was younger. Fuck, how much younger was I? I had to find my wallet. It was a year I got my babysitting training from the Red Cross, and I think I was younger. I think I was, like, 8, actually. But anyway. I, uh... And that's because, you know, I had a lot of nieces and nephews, and my mom wanted to make sure that I was able to respond to their emergencies, should they have any. So she had me take the Red Cross, sort of, uh, Red Cross babysitting training, because that was the only class I did, like, CPR, emergency response, first aid, that kind of shit. And I had a bunch of friends in school who had dogs, right? And I'd hang out at their house, and I always noticed their moms were yelling at them, like, walk the dog, you need to walk the dog. I always say you need to walk the dog, you never walk the fucking dog. The same thing kind of starts spinning in my head, right? About, you know, okay, well, I see people going to the, up to the liquor store all the time. Maybe I can go up there for them, keep, keep the change, make a little bit of money on the side. So I started, you know, doing that shit. And now I'm at my friend's house, seeing them get yelled at about t- not taking care of the dog. So eventually I go up and I'm like, hey, you know, for like five bucks, I'll walk your dog throughout the entire neighborhood. Well, see, originally it was a dollar. I was like, hey, for a dollar, you know, I'll walk your fucking dog around the block. Not bad. At least not in my mind, you know, I'm like eight or eight or nine. But then these parents are giving me like $10 for walking the dog. And I'm like, oh, no shit. Okay, so I started charging five. Of course, not not to the people I already told it'd be a dollar. I just kept it at that, and they just kept giving me the money. Walk the dog, clean up the poop, come back, collect look at my ten, fifteen dollars. I'm like, this is pretty good. So I started going door to door with people I saw who had dogs, or like beware of guard dog windows, like signs in their window, and be like, hey, I'll walk your dog for a dollar. Or you know, at this point, I was like, I'll walk your dog for five dollars around the block. And when we do two blocks, that's ten dollars. You know, I had a bucket full of treats, bunch of little poop bags. All kinds of shit like that. And that itself, you know, grew into its own little endeavor. Because now I'm not just walking dogs. I'm washing dogs for money. I'm mowing lawns for money. I'm babysitting now for money. I'm doing gardening, weeding, lawn mowing. Like, I kind of developed my own little fucking business. And I kind of want to do it now with the podcast and the media. And, and, like, going out interviewing people. I'm doing my own thing. I've always kind of done this. I see something I want to do. I do it. And it always branches off into more and more complex things from there. Kind of always been the rhythm, right? But you gotta keep in mind, I like I was in kindergarten at this point when I started noticing I could walk my friends' dogs for money. And then even before I'm in kindergarten, I'm doing all that shit at the tattoo shop where I'm just hustling money like fucking fiends, dude. So when I was going to school, I never had this incentive like I need to be here to make money. I can make money on my own. And at this, you know, I'm the youngest. You know, like I got. Shit, dude. I, I have a ridiculous number of siblings. My dad be fucky. Alright? My dad be sticking his dick in places, popping on offspring. Alright? My oldest sibling is 40. The youngest next to me is 28. And I'm 23. And between us, there's somewhere between 5 and 10 of us. I'm not going to put that specific number out there. But there's a lot of us. There's a lot of us. Right? So, you know, by the time I'm going into kindergarten, I'm seeing my older siblings either going into college or leaving high school. And they already have jobs while they're in school. So I'm thinking, like, okay, so you clearly don't need school to make money. This is just... Oh, this is babysitting. They're sending me out of the house to go sit with this person who's going to make me do fucking work so they don't have to deal with me at home. Gotcha. Makes sense. I don't want to deal with me either. So I never had that connection in my head that what I'm doing education-wise is that important. And I did it. You know, there are certain things I was really good at. Math, for the longest time, I was really good at it. Uh, history, writing, I was really good at that. Reading, I was great at reading. And then uh, I developed dyslexia later on in life, which was a bitch. And that completely derailed everything I had going from education-wise. Except for uh, kind of college. When I was like 12, I started taking online college classes. When I was like 12. Constitutional studies. Uh, long story with that one. I, I did great. But, you know, then I started hanging out at like, you know, a community college in the area because I had a sibling going there. And I just walk around the campus. 
I got along in that kind of environment pretty well. Teachers would let me just sit in their classes, sit there quietly, watch what they were doing. I took an interest in what they were doing, not what I was doing in elementary school. And I never really cared. Because, again, you don't make all this money outside of school. And I'm already doing pretty adult things. You know, I'm organizing a tattoo shop. I'm taking phone calls, running down appointments. So I got numbers down pretty well. You know, I'm going to kindergarten. I already knew how to write my name, my home address. I knew how to do multiplication tables. I was a little ahead of the curve. That wouldn't last, but either way. You know, I'm a little bit ahead of the curve, so I'm bored in class. I'm just goofing around. And this is kindergarten, right? so I'm just goofing off. I'm like, this is none of this shit's important. And it's not. It's kindergarten. None of that shit's important. Well, then my ass got held back in kindergarten. Because I just was not paying one half iota of a fuck to what I was doing in kindergarten. Hmm, dog's being weird. What the fuck is she doing? Anyway. See, I'm not even getting one half of a fuck. Then I get held back in kindergarten. I'm like, oh, so there's consequences to not giving a fuck. Gotcha. Well, this sucks. So all my friends went on a grade ahead of me and then into junior high ahead of me. And that sucked. But. But. You know, I, I already knew what we were all what we were doing that year. So that was kind of like the, the speed running part of it. It was like I just was replaying a game. I, I played through what one point I know what I was doing. Now I know what I'm doing. So they bring in the same people from the same departments, DTE, Leslie Science Center, all these other fucking Michigan places of education. And I go and be like, that's that, that's that, that's that, that's that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We do this. Yeah, I'm just ahead of the fucking curve. And I'm annoying the teachers because now I know what I'm up to because I already remembered it from last year. Pissing them right the fuck off. And they were mad at me. They're like, oh, why can't you show this initiative before? I'm like, well, I didn't know what I was doing before. I didn't think any of this shit mattered. So now that I know it matters, I'm like, if you guys will make me suffer if I don't play along. So now I'm going to speedrun this shit. And that kind of repeated itself. Because, you know, again, I'm going through elementary school while my youngest next to me is going through junior high and then high school when I'm going into fucking junior high. You know, he's four grades ahead of me, so I'm just kind of like seeing what he's up to and seeing what his career is looking like. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, shit. So I get through uh, elementary school, you know, and I'm shipped around to two other schools. One of them sucked. But anyway, like, dyslexia came in about fourth grade, and that really fucked me up. Because, you know, I'm from being this kid who knew how to read really, 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 really well. Right? To a kid that was tripping over his own fucking words. Like, he had no idea what he was looking at. And it's like, because I read quietly in my head. I never had that problem. But reading out loud? Oh my god, dude. A sentence would just morph into this blurry fucking mess of word soup. And it would just destroy me. I was fumbling and fumbling all over my fucking words. Like, there was a book I read all the time called In a Dark it was like a dark, dark room. And it was like a, a series of short books. Like you had one about this guy. There's like a box full of eyeballs in one of them. I have not thought about this book in years. I still got it too. I, when I was moving from my old house is where the studio is now. I, uh, I, uh, I found it. Man, a dark, dark room. There's one about, like, a guy who gives a ride to a kid, and the kid leaves a sweater in his car, and he goes to give the sweater to the mom. Like, hey, your kid left us in the car, gave him a ride home yesterday, and the, and the kid's dead, so he goes to grade and leaves it there. And there's a story about a girl who wears, like, a, a scarf around her neck at all times of the year, and when she's an old woman, her husband goes, "Hun, I want to, let me take that scarf off of you. Which is weird, because, you know, she's dying. You'd think you'd want her to be warm, but she's like, I want you to know what's under here, and then she takes it off, and her head fucking rolls away. Goofy shit. Goofy shit like that. And you have all the teachers from the back Black Lagoons, the Black Lagoon series, anybody remembers that? Yeah, so I, I read all those, and I was really good at reading those, and I was the library teacher's favorite kid, not just because she got a lot of tattoos done at the tattoo shop, and she's all I was doing there versus what I was doing at school, and we're all just slacking off, having a goofy time, barely slipping by the cracks. And in many ways, as an adult, I hate No Child Left Behind, but as a kid, man, that shit bailed my ass out, because once it passed in, like, fucking 2004, boom. My ass never even had to worry about getting held back ever again. Lower the testing requirements, and my ass was gone. Now, 
And that was kind of the attitude I had throughout my entire educational career. But then dyslexia happens, you know, my, my, my reading goes to shit. And then I start developing, like, on top of this whole, I don't really give a fuck about my school surrounding because I'm making bank outside of school and do my own thing. You know, I kind of already got a job, and this continues in the high school for the most part. Different career path, but same same attitude. And often you throw in dyslexia, and, and now my ass can't fucking read for shit. And dude, I don't know if you've any of you have ever had dyslexia, but teachers are the most useless fucking people when it came to that. Plus, when I was growing up, dyslexia was really a thing they were just starting to understand. You know, my B's and D's, and my brain like. Instead of seeing the word what, it would replace it with when when I was reading out loud, even though I mentally read it as the word what. Fucked me up. Something bad, too. Anyway. My teacher started giving me these little blue rulers. And they would make me read with them all the time. Even though I was in there quietly. If I was in there quietly, perfectly reading it in my book, no issues whatsoever, they would tell me, why aren't you using your blue ruler? I'm like, I don't need it. Well, you do, Mr. Singleton, because you struggle with reading. And I was like, no, I can read just fine. If I don't, if I don't read it out loud, I have no problem reading this. Well, you need to use the you need to use the blue ruler. And eventually, what they would do is they would take my hand and like put the blue ruler in my hand and then fold my fingers up to like make me hold it. And you know, I would just it really rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> You know, I have older siblings, a bunch of brothers. You know, I get my ass beat every so often. You know, I, I get, I talk some shit, shit to my older siblings, and I get my ass beat up. Go to my mom crying. She'd be like, "Well, don't play with the big boys. If you can't handle it, don't play with them. Or at least don't go asking for an ass whooping. That kind of shit, right? Boys will be boys and whatnot. That level of household. Now, the teacher." kept doing that. I would just flip the room and then I would go back to, you know, SSR. Silent Sustained Reading. Which is really just a quiet game for teachers. I put the blue ruler down and I would just start reading. You know, using my fingers under both sentences I'm reading word by word as I go. Then she came in and like did that two more times. She started making me fold my fucking... She would put... She'd force me with my hand, put the ruler in the middle of my hand, and then fold it up. And the second time she did this, she got frustrated. I could tell she was frustrated... And she, like, smacked the ruler. Or she was trying to, like, forcefully put the blue ruler in my hand. But she kind of, like, smacked my palm with it. And that was it. I grabbed the blue ruler. And I just fucking brought that bitch down onto the desk. Like, I was trying to break it. Like, like I was trying to chop the sword. Like, like chop the desk in half with this fucking blue ruler. And that bitch shattered. Shattered. And then she brought me another blue ruler. And I just snapped that bitch over the desk again. And I was like, I don't want your blue ruler. I don't need it. If I'm not reading out loud, I don't need it. And it doesn't even help me when I'm reading out loud. It just gets in my way and makes everything blue. Drove me up a damn tree. I never understood why that was supposed to help me. It never helped me. Right? And they wouldn't even let me use a highlighter. Like a highlighting, sharpie highlighter in the books I owned. And that should kind of help me, right? If I highlighted it yellow sentence by sentence, it would be easier for me to read. But man, they wouldn't even let me do that in the books I fucking own or my workbooks I gotta take home at the end of the year. Annoyed the shit out of me. But use this blue ruler. Use this blue ruler. Use this blue ruler. And it never fucking helped me. And then they started worrying about other shit. Like, I was writing just fine. But the fact I wasn't holding the pencil the way they wanted me to. I was holding it like I was sketching. You know when you're writing, you have like your two fingers that chopstick method. But when you're drawing, it's like your, your middle finger and your index finger and your thumb. Kind of like hold the pencil and you're like, sketching. Yeah, well, I was writing like that. I was writing like I was sketching. I grew up in a fucking tattoo shop. You know, I was always around people who were sketching. And watching them is how I got into writing. So they started having me pull out of class for like an hour every fucking day to sit with this guy who would lecture me on how to properly use a fucking pencil. And that just annoyed me even further because I'm like, I don't need this. What I need is to be in class learning, not out here with this yak off telling me how to use a fucking pencil. Like, I don't know my asshole from my fucking mouth. What the hell? Drove me up a goddamn tree. And eventually he, like, stopped and he just brought in Play-Doh for us to play with. Tax dollars at work, folks. This is your tax dollars at work. Just Play-Doh to make fucking silly, goofy shit with. And it annoyed the ever-loving 
fucking bejesus out of me. And I just couldn't figure out what the fuck the purpose was. At all. And eventually, you know, I realized if I didn't talk back and I just played along with it, I'd get back in the class a little bit sooner. And there was a bunch of other kids like me at the time. I kind of formed a group of friends based on this kind of treatment, right? Because we were like, we don't know what's wrong with us, but we know these assholes aren't helping us at all. And our parents are just going with it. I don't know, we were like the original brat pack, I guess. Well, then, you know, I got to keep in mind, I was going to school and there was a time when there was like dodgeball. And me, I had a knack for getting fucking headshots. Boom, headshot. Some little kid running around. Woo, that little red ball. Right in the fucking head. Bam, headshot, bitch. You know, I played catch with my siblings a lot. So I had a really good hand-eye coordination. So I was just catching dodgeballs thrown at me. Catch, teammate in. Bam, beam this fat motherfucker in the head with a goddamn little red ball. And that's a satisfying sound, you know? Really satisfying. Hold on. That noise. That beautiful fucking noise. That's the sound of me playing dodgeball in the fourth grade. Murking bitches. Headshot. 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 I hope the audio is picking this bitch up because that was the sound you heard. Such a satisfying sound. It's right there with the M1 Grand ping. Mm. That distinctive noise is all these motherfuckers would hear rapping the side of their fucking head. So my gym teacher, this angry dyke named Miss Lewis, who was fucking my principal, by the way, Miss Fitz. I should not be using names. Ah, I don't give a fuck. They were holding hands in the hallways and shit. <laughs> Anyway, I think they're both retired anyway, so what the fuck does it even matter? They're, these bitches are like 70, 60 years old now, you know. I'm about cunts from 20 years ago. And they were old back then, so they gotta be in their 60s or 70s. Who gives a fuck? Probably gonna be dead before this audio ever goes anywhere. Anyway, she pulled me out of the fucking game. Well, let me, she let me do the warm-up. So when it came to playing games after warm-up during gym, she'd make me sit in the office the whole time. And they had this the gym teacher from the Black Lagoon. And I had this moment of just dry wit. Where I, looked at her, I was like, why do you keep the book about you in your office? Excuse me, Mr. Singleton? And I just held the book. I'm like, why do you keep the book about you in your office? <laughs> Oh, I guess I know. I sent guys into the principal's office so quickly for that. And you know, this is only the tip of the iceberg. You know, there's a whole bunch of shit of me just being a smart ass in school. Like, uh, that teacher asked me if I could help her find the letter X, and I said no, because pirating's wrong. She excuse me. I'm like, I'm not helping you find find the letter X, because you're not gonna give me any of the treasure when you do find it, you thief. Send to the principal's office. But anyway, you know, between me just beaming motherfuckers and me breaking rulers, eventually they put me in the EI class, or emotionally impaired class. And I was the best kid there. I was the best behaved fucking kid there, because my anger issues stemmed from me suddenly going from a very strong reader to a very weak reader. And I didn't know what happened. One one semester, I'm killing it reading. RSL, I'm killing it, right? But all of a sudden, I'm being killed by it. Like, I'm just floundering miserably. And I'm very frustrated. I, I imagine most people would be if they went from being really good at something to inexplicably to them suddenly being garbage at a specific thing. You're sitting there like, what the fuck? Why? What is wrong with me? That's really what it comes off like. You're sitting there like, what's wrong with me? It has to be something wrong with me. And you know, no one's helping you. They're just giving you these blue rulers and making you use it all the time, even when you don't fucking need it. 
So, you know, that was my issue. That was where my frustration came from. And then the teacher smacked my hand, and no one listened to me when I tried to tell them what happened. So I just started breaking these fucking rulers. It made, it seemingly made people leave me the fuck alone. Because I know it was going to be put in the classroom full of the people that just, like, run headfirst into walls. Or eat glue, or get mad and throw shit at the teacher. And I'm sitting there super well-behaved, just like, wow. The only thing that made me seem like a bad kid is I was laughing. You know, I watched America's Funny Some videos and shit. YouTube was in its infancy at this point. So, you know, I'm just sitting here. I'm just laughing. I'm watching kids go bat shit. Attacking the teachers, attacking each other. School security coming in and separating kids. Parents having to come in early to get their little shitlins out of there. It was great. I thought it was fucking hilarious. And the teachers thought... That I was, like, encouraging it, which I guess in a roundabout way I was, but it wasn't like, like, I was, like, going out of my way to be like, yeah, do it. No, I was laughing. <sighs> laughing my fucking ass off. And then sent me to a different school, all, uh, Northside Elementary. We'll go, we'll go with some basic generic-ass name. Northside Elementary. And they put me in this class of, like, five kids for fifth grade, right? And these were all the worst-behaved like, we had this kid who, like, dry-humped the teacher. Because she turned around and picked something up. And he, like, ran behind her and just all, like, dry-humping her. And we had this other kid who, like, threw a desk at another kid. And, like, fucking damn near broke his jaw. Chipped a tooth out of his fucking head. And, you know, eventually, midway through the year, I'm yelling at people. Like, can you shut the fuck up so we can get on with this? You know, I have tattoo shop language. And these people are really pissing me off because no one's doing their fucking job. You know, teachers aren't doing anything, and then eventually this kid goes up behind the teacher with a pair of scissors and chops off this fucking huge-ass chunk of fucking hair off this bitch's goofy-ass head. This teacher was, like, 25. Like, this was her first job, and they put this know-nothing fucking new-guy-ass teacher in charge of these little bratty-ass kids. Actually, they they, uh, brought in this para-pro guy. Big motherfucker named Mr. Carter. He was like a six foot five, big ass black dude, man. And he did not care about getting handsy with the kids. Like, he would just grab you and throw your ass in the hall. Big motherfucker. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you that big black motherfucker was railing that petite little 25 year old ass teacher when no one was around. I guarantee that shit. Man, as an adult, think about the way he eyed her and the way she eyed him. I was like, oh, they were fucking. Classrooms don't have cameras in them, you know. You can get away with that shit. Lock the door, close the blinds. <laughs> Come Coast Carter, bitch. <laughs> no, there's some bad shit in there. Extracurricular activities, if you will. Uh, anyway, you know, and, you know, I started cursing people out because I was getting tired of sitting in that class and watching people, you know, throw a fucking fit. And these are the kids who never went to the lunchroom with anybody else. We would go to the lunchroom, like, by ourselves before everyone else got lunch. Like, two hours after school started, we're going down there in fifth grade getting lunch, right? And, you know, my mom started to pay attention a little bit at this point, and she got annoyed with everything. So, you know, going to junior high, and, man, junior high set a bad precedent for my mom. Because my mom's a very much, like, she's, she's broken away from it a little bit now, but at the time she was very much, a like, like a, a neocon. Like, a Bush is great, Obama's the devil kind of individual. And Obama sucked. I'll say Bush sucked, dick. Fucking swamp rodent. Now... You know, and we went into junior highs, and they were telling me, telling her that I'd have to be in those programs, too. Because at this point, my anger issues have only, like, become what they thought they were already. Because, you know, I'm annoyed. I'm, I'm surrounded by all these assholes that are just distracting the school days. They're never getting anything done. While I'm also kind of working a full-time job and kind of doing my own little business on the side. I'm telling you all this because this is, like, where the roots of my disdain for the later part of the story come from. So we go into junior highs, and then, you know, we go we go to this one junior high. It's like the one that all my siblings went to. There are kids fist fighting in the hallway, like slamming heads in the lockers. 
and the teachers are not stepping in, but they're saying that my ass has to be in these EI classrooms for special educations and shit. And that carried on. So eventually my mom started having me homeschooled, and that's where I went and started going to online college and shit, right? Actually, I have my card still from back then. I, I keep it because it's kind of a nice little flex. Because I may have gotten pulled out of school, but I was doing, like, a college at the time. Yeah, it's college-level work. I was proud of myself, and I was killing it. Mainly because I'm just getting to sit down and watch this class being taught over, like, a video. And I love documentaries. When I was a kid, you know, that was my shit. I'm learning about the Constitution, you know, as I was a kid, Revolutionary War and Civil War shit always fascinated me. Guys and generals, glory, you know, all like all these kinds of movies really fascinated me. So I was watching this shit like, wow, okay, this is like the lore of that. Cool, cool. And then he asked me some questions, and the questions were literally based exactly on what I just listened to. So I was like, oh, boom, boom. And I started killing them, getting great grades. You know, I'd have to write a report. I had all these little notebooks to work out of. And dude, you know how mad I was years later when I found out that the like, answer keys were just in the back of the book and I never thought to look ahead like that? Oh my god. It drove me insane. I was so angry. I was like, the answers were here the whole time. And then I fucked it up because I started getting everything right with nothing wrong. And my mom was like, oh, okay, let's see this. Rip the fucking answer sheet out the back of the book. And one day I go to look and I'm like, oh no. The answers are gone. But, you know, I got through it. I did pretty good. And then, you know, I'm going into high school, like, officially into a public high school, and I had this attitude already, like, oh, here we go again. Here we fucking go again. Public education, too. Bullshit boogaloo. And it was. I'm going into high school, right? I already have a job, like, an actual job. It's under the table. But I'm working at the dishwasher in this little restaurant. I'm going in... At like 5 in the afternoon, and I'm staying till like 10 at night. And then, you know, that'd be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm going in at 5, getting out at 6. Going back in at 5, getting back out at 6. Sunday, I'm going in at 5, getting out at 6. I'm working seven days a week while I'm in high school. That went on my entire high school career. (sighs) And then, you know... I mean, that's kind of my attitude, you know. I don't give a fuck about what I'm doing. I, I I'm barely putting in. The, I'm putting in bare minimum effort. I'm getting C's. Right, I'm getting straight C's, and then, uh, Ipsy High kind of dies, right, and then becomes the YCHS, Ypsilanti Community High School. They took the kids. That's a good example. So there was the Willow Run High School, right? Shout out to my ex. She was a Willow Run girl. Hey, what's up, girl? I know you don't listen to this podcast. How you doing? With your ghetto-ass high school origin story. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. So, you know, they took the kids from Willow Run and forced them all into our high school. Take any number of like stereotypical over the top high school rivalries, and they almost come close to what the animosity between Willow Run and Ipsy High was. <laughs> like, here's a story, right? My uncle and my dad went to the same high school back in the day. One of their best friends got gutted. I'm not kidding. A fight broke out, and one kid took out a knife, slashed a motherfucker's gut open in Ipsy High. Like, hold on. Please leave your message ah. for Damn. Oh, well, she didn't answer. I was going to call my mom and have her just explain the story because I don't want to get any of the details wrong, but they had a Will Run game at Ipsy High, and then uh, I don't know who won. It was irrelevant. But my uncle, my dad, and whoever the friend was to start talking shit to these Willow Run kids. And it turned to a fist fight when the Willow Run kids pulled out a fucking box cutter. Guts got flayed like a fucking fish. To my understanding, the guy actually survived. But he had, like, his shit pouring out of his gut. Like, he went into shock from blood loss. <sighs> I've only ever heard the story a million times. I just want to get into the details wrong. It sounds kind of out there. But, yeah. Animosity between these two schools 
were very much real. But Ipsy High, during the time I was going there, had no funding. Like, we were a chapter one school, which means a chopping block. In fact, one of the buildings that was part of high, Ipsy High that I went to called New Tech actually shut down like the year after I, I, uh, I dropped out. Now it's a church. I'm so tempted to go into this church and just see what they're all about because that'd be interesting to go in that building now that it's a church. I'm so curious what the layout looks like. Plus, they still have the RCTC, which is like the uh, culinary arts part of the high school, and it's still there in that building. But everything else is a church. So I'm very, very uh, curious to see how it looks as a church. Man, I lost my virginity in that fucking high school. Oh, man, I forgot I was recording for a second. Oh, <laughs> well, hey, there's a little bit more detail about me. Anyway. Uh... I'm so embarrassed I said that shit. Whatever. Whatever. Who didn't pop their cherry in high school? In the high school. I'm sure there's a camera there, too. Like, overhead, they just didn't care. That's freaky. Now, <laughs> uh, God, I lost my train of thought. With okay, so, you know, they brought these kids, and this caused a lot of violence. Like, a lot of fights were breaking out. There's even, like, gangs running, like, the mob. And what's really goofy is later on there was a gang called the 1738. And it was exclusively a reference to that fucking line goes, 1738. Hey, can I find that bitch? Can I find that shit? I gotta be able to find that. That song sucked. Everyone was making vines about it. Dude, I went to high school during, like, the best time in internet history, too. <laughs> Uh, 17. Hey, there we go. Oh my God, what's up? Hello. Is that the song? That's not it. That's not it. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Oh, I want to find, I want to just play a little bit of the song just for nostalgia's sake. I don't care about this fucking dude's home family footage. Hurry up. Get these fucking ads over. I forgot she. Right here. Seventeen thirty. Hey. Hey, Will's on hello. Yeah. Uh. Oh. It's funny seeing Fetty Wap say your pretty eyes. This motherfucker's got one eye. God damn. That's why I came out after this fucking motorcycle accident. Jesus. Yeah, wow. But yeah, you had a gang called the 1738s. And they were just carving shit. And you know, we were doing that devious lick meme before anyone else was. Like, we actually had people stealing soap dispensers and shit. People getting into fist fights every other day. I got stabbed twice. I'm not even kidding. Like, I got legit fucking stabbed. Uh, this bitch got in a fight with the. Uh, so you know in high school, you have that table of people you sit with all the time. Not necessarily because you like them, but because there's that table you sit with. Well, I'll sit with them all the time. And this one dude's girlfriend started talking shit with this other girl I kind of knew. And I tried to step in and break it up. Rule one, guys. Don't break up a fucking chick fight. They'll kill each other or break it up themselves. Uh, this bitch pulls out a knife and just fucking gear gouges my fucking arm. Jesus. Then uh, another time happened when this chick was, uh, she was cutting herself, and I tried to, high school cringy shit, I was trying to step in and break it up a little bit, and then she just turned the razor on me, I'm like, what the fuck, cross-contaminating bitch, ah! But, you know, I had a fun high school career. <laughs> but, you know, this is the experience I'm having, right? They're having teachers who are just like, now that the school's emerged, they're teaching an entirely new curriculum, because now it's not like a locally sourced thing, it's not like a big government-ran school. Even more so than it already was. So I got these teachers who are just like teaching Common Core. And they're teaching shit about history. That's just not true. Like actually a teacher, teacher tried to teach me that Columbus discovered America. And I'm like, yeah. And who the fuck is the American Vespucci? He goes, listen, I know Columbus didn't discover America. But that's in the curriculum. If you want to come you know it. I'm like, well, fuck your test, dude. You're teaching falsehoods. And dude, you want to know how stupid my high school was? Here, here. We had things like bio-lit. Biology. In literature. <sighs> one teacher was on one room of the class teaching biology. The other one was teaching literature. Every class was like an hour long. So the half hour mark, 
you would switch the sides of the classrooms you were in. You're from the bio side to the literature side. And then all of a sudden you're learning literature. Then you had geo art, geography and art. Then you had uh, spistory, or whatever the fuck it was, Spanish and history. Like, just generalized American history and Spanish. These were real fucking classes. And I started to fail at these. Because, you know, my brain's locked into one thing. All of a sudden, I'm switching sides. And then you had the one teacher who was like, the bell doesn't miss you, I do. And the other teacher was like, okay, bell rang, get the fuck out. And that kind of shit always drove animosity a little bit harder between kids. Because they're, like, getting jealous that you got out first. It's a thing. Right, and, you know, this, and then, you know, it's like, beginning of the 11th grade year, me and my mom had this big argument. She was like, if you don't like it, fucking move. And I saw the house, like, directly across the street from where uh, my mom was living at the time. And where I was living at the time, or, like, the house I started this podcast in. They, uh, they were renting a room out. 200 bucks a month for a bedroom. And I was like, oh, really? Well, I'd make that. That's pretty easy, actually. So I just started living there. Paying rent moved in. A couple months of this, I'm like, wait a minute. I got my own got my own room. I got my own house. I'm getting rented receipts. I got a job. And, you know, on top of that, I'm smoking weed and shit every day now because I all these coworkers. I got waitresses tipping me in weed. So I'm like, I don't fucking need to go to school no more. So I quit going to school. I would only show up during lunch to hang out with my girlfriend at the time. Uh, X now, obviously. We were together for years, too. It was like six years. Fuck. Like, like sitting where I am now, looking back at that entire relationship, it seems so unreal that it ever happened. Like, I spent that many years that young with someone. I could have just been out living. I ain't got no animosity. It's just like a weird thought. Uh, well, anyway, off that topic, I would basically go send her a call and be like, "Hey, I'm at the back door. You know, the, the double doors that lead out to the lunchroom. Can you open them up? And let me in. Because you can only go out, but you can never go back into those doors. So she let me in. I hang out at lunch. And then when lunch was over, I'd slip out. <laughs> and eventually, I got caught by the school because that teacher's coming to get lunch. And like, hey, Mr. Zilton, have you been here all day? And I was like, yeah, yep, all day. Didn't just now show up. I reeked like weed. I looked tired because I was up all night working and cooking. Then I smoked all morning with like, with like a fucking co-worker after work. You know, I got to work at 6. School starts at 9. Spent an hour and a half smoking with him. Then I'd bike to school. Or I just spent all morning smoking with him to go bike up to school at like 11, 12. Catch the lunch break. Get some free food. Hang out with my friends. And then bounce the fuck out. And dude, so many kids were jealous of me at the time. A handful of them were the same people I went to elementary school with who treated me like shit because I got held back in kindergarten, even though I already covered why that happened. But anyway, I, uh, yeah, that was my thing. Come in, eventually, it almost backfired, right? I did that for like months. And coming up on the end of the school year, because you know, at this point, I'm already like, I don't give a fuck. I got a house, I got a driver's permit. I don't have a car yet at the time, but. You know, I was like, I got a driver's permit. I don't give a rat's ass. I got a, I got a fucking job. I got friends. I got weed. I got my own place. You know, I got roommates. I'm paying bills. I'm paying my own phone bill every month. This is the shit in my head. I'm like, I'm a fucking adult. I don't need to be dealing with this bullshit any longer. I already dealt with enough of this bullshit. I hate this shit. I hate school. I hate the teachers. I hate the system that I'm stuck with. I- I'm not going. The only reason I was going to school at that time was because I had this girlfriend that I was infatuated with pretty heavily and I had a couple of friends I liked to hang out with. That, you know, I had some big dick energy in that school. I want to keep that shit swinging around. <laughs> Eventually, and, and here's the funny thing, right? I'm at the school and I change all the shit into my name. Other than my mom's phone number, I changed my address into my new address, all that shit. Because I, you know, I was a little kid, I wanted to flex. I'm like, I got my own place. I just, like, I moved out on my own right before I turned 17. And this was towards, like, 17 and a half for me when this happened. So the truancy officer shows up on my door with, like, two other cops behind him. And my roommate answered the door. He's like, oh, who are you here for? Oh, you're for James? No, I'm not his dad. Hold on. Hey, James, you got some people at the door here, man. Some cops are looking for you. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, no, because weed's not legal yet. 
like at all. I'm sitting there, I'm like, cops? Oh, fuck. And I had a bong in my hand when my roommate called out to me. So, you know, I put that down. I changed my shirt, changed my pants, changed my underwear, put on a pair of shoes, doused myself in Axe Cologne, and I run downstairs, you know, with a bottle of water and trying to look as sober as fucking possible. But I'm blitzed. <laughs> I don't even really smoke anymore. Uh, I'm at my friend's house and they pull it out, then I might blaze up with them. But uh, I mean, buy weed. You know how long? It's been months since I bought weed. I haven't bought any weed in over a year. And I haven't, like, sat down and just get high just to get high in about that same amount of time. Now, if I'm at a friend's house and we're playing video games or cards and uh, and, and we happen to be smoking weed, then cool. Cool. Works for me. But uh, I don't really be fucking with weed. Because of where I'm working on, I'm drinking a little bit more alcohol. But that's because, you know, they give it away for free at the end of the week. So, you know, I got alcohol. I drink like the light shit, or I drink like the fruity drinks, like the Mike's Hearts. But anyway, so I go downstairs, and you know I see other guys. I'm like, "Hey, you're the hall monitor." He goes, "I'm not a hall monitor. I'm a truancy officer." Young man, where have you been been in school? I'm like, "Oh, because I just don't want to. I don't have to." He's like, "You absolutely do have to come to school. You know." It's important for you to get an education, and if you don't go to school, these men right here are going to have to, you know, ticket your parents and maybe take you to juvie. And I think the worst thing you can do when you're in that situation, and I started laughing. Laughing is always my response to any uncomfortable situation. Somebody threatens me, I start laughing. Even if, like, if I'm really intimidated by them, I'll just start laughing. And it'll be like a genuine, eye-watering cackle. <sighs> I like it Kamala Harris when I'm uncomfortable. Actually, I do the exact thing Kamala Harris does. I'm going to start laughing. Like, 2019 Joker. <laughs> Shit. So, anyway. And he's like, what's so funny? I'm like, yeah, I mean, you can arrest me, but... Hold on. <laughs> Maybe a third one. Hold on. Ah. Jesus Christ. Ooh, maybe a triple. Woo. That was legitness. Ow, my nose hurts. Like all the Michael Jackson sneezes. When you sneeze so hard, you gotta like make sure your nose is still there. Like not just, you didn't just lose that shit. Oh. Man. One thing I hate about sneezing, it really clears the sinuses in a bad way. Anyway. So you know, the cops on my porch, and he's like, "Young man, we need to talk to your folks." And I was like, "Okay." Across the street, walk across the street. They're right there, and they look so fucking confused. They look perplexed. They looked pecked. They looked bean. They looked fucking bamboozled. Ah. <laughs> uh. I'm all congested from sneezing. Fuck me. Every one of you, fuck me. Now! Anyway. So, you know, they're at the door, and they're like, you know, man, we're not joking. We need you to cooperate with us, and we need to talk to your parents about you not being there. I'm like, well, if you find my dad, uh, tell him, fuck you. And if you find my mom, she's right across the street. Walk across the street and talk to her. And they refused to believe. The truancy officer especially was like, Mr. Singleton, I am not playing around anymore. I was like, yo, you were playing before? Shit, I would have been joking right back with you. Seriously, my mom's across the street. You want to go talk to her? Uh, I live here. I pay rent here. Like, this is my place. My name's on the lease. And eventually, you know, my landlady calls, like, the land, like the lady I give my rent money to who gives it to the actual landlord called the landlord. The landlord's like, you know, he's Armenian. He's like, you, uh, you, you want to make sure who live here? James? Yeah, he uh he he lived there about uh about a year now. <clears throat> he paid rent. Why? And the cops are starting to be like, "Oh, he's being serious." And I call my boss, and my boss is also on me at the time. He's like, "James, oh yeah, he uh he my employee. He do cooking and he uh he do cleaning. I totally pay above board." And I show the cops my renter's receipts with the signature on them. 
show my phone bill receipt, and they're like, oh, okay, so you're entirely self-sufficient. Neat. Meanwhile, the truancy officer is getting fucking furious. Like, this six-foot dude is just fuming. And I'm sitting there just smiling at this point. And he tries to step into my fucking house. Like, he tries to push past me and walk into my house. And I block the door. Like, I physically make our bodies touch. And I'm like, you're not coming in my fucking house. You should have unannounced. You inconvenience me by making me answer these fucking questions that you have no business harassing me with. Like, I'm just taking the whole fucking hog right now. And I'm tell- now I'm going to tell you, because you've worn my patience thin, leave my property. He refused. He goes, this is not your property. You do not own this place. I'm like, you're right. I rent here. But legally, this is my residence. And I'm asking you to get the fuck off my property. Hippity hoppity, leave my property. And he tries to push past me again. So with the cops there, I viciously like shove him back. And tell him, no. If you want to talk to my mom, walk across the street, knock on that front fucking door, and talk to her. She'll tell you the same thing I just told you just now. And the cops were already like, listen, man, we're sorry for the inconvenience. Uh, you have to understand you're, this is a very unusual circumstances for us. Normally when we get an order to deal with a truancy, it's like a mom letting a kid stay home from school for too long. It's very rare they come across a situation where a kid is actually self-sufficient, paying their own bills, making their own way. Uh, you know, but you should be going to school if you have the time for it. I'm like, dude, I work. You know, I'm 17. I work seven days a week. I work five o'clock, five p.m. to six a.m. Fucking five days a week. No, I don't have time for this shit. And you know, I'm already like have my shit ready to go to Washington to get my GED. Washington is a community college. Now, truancy officer does not fuck off. So eventually, I just close the door in his face. And he sits there. Just knock it. Just pound it. And I tell everybody in the house, do not open that door. I got an idea. So I call 911. And the lady's like, thank you for calling. Thank you for calling. What's your emergency? And where's your location? And what's your name? I was like, uh, it's James Madison Singleton. I am at, you know, this address in this city. There is a six foot two gentleman aggressively beating on my door. I don't know if you can hear it. She's like, oh, I can hear it through the phone, sir. Do you know who he is? I'm like, I, I do. I've asked him to leave my property multiple times. He showed up here threatening me, which is true. He was threatening to like arrest me, take me to juvie and shit. And he will not leave. He's made physical contact with me. He's tried to barge into my house already. I do not feel comfortable with him here. I would like it if you get an officer out here as soon as possible to escort him out. And I'm not fucking kidding. Guess who shows up? The same two cops who showed up with him originally. They walk up to the door and they're like, sir, we just got a call where he complained about you being on his property. He's asked you to leave multiple times. We were witnesses to that. You need to leave now. And at this point, I open up the front door. I'm just walking through the screen door like, yes. <laughs> Such a cunt. And these cops are telling him, like, you need to leave. He has asked you multiple times in our presence and outside of our presence to leave. We have, we were witnessing, we witnessed you make physical contact with him and try to force your way into his house. He's like, but he pushed me. He goes, he pushed you out of his doorway. We have castle doctrine and technically speaking, you were invading his property. Now, sir, you can either leave of your own accord, or you can leave with us. And this man looked like he had about 100 pounds of protesting to do in a five-pound box. He looked ready to fucking rage. But he couldn't. And he looks at me. He says, this isn't over. I'm like... Maybe not here, because you're never allowed back on my property. So, uh, it's over on this turf, on this surface, or on this turf, so fuck off. And I say, fuck off. And man, this guy, he looked like he was ready to beat me like I was a grown-ass man. 
So he leaves and drives away. And there's a thing called a uh, a trespassing warrant. And what it is, is it's like a... It's like a... Oh, what's it called? A restraining order. But it's a piece of property with a restraining order against an individual. Needless to say, I had to serve against him. And the council again were very cordial to me. And they're like, you shouldn't have antagonized him. You were very... You know, you provoked him a lot. You're very antagonistic. You know, ultimately, he just wants the best for you. I'm like, I get that. But at a certain point, there's a line that he crossed it, and I'm not trying to have that line crossed. So I give it a couple days, right? I go to school. I call the girlfriend. Ask her to let me in. She lets me in. And then, like, vultures on roadkill. This motherfucker with a bunch of other actual hall monitors come in, right? It's like the JV squad, right? It's a bunch of these dorky ass little fucking pins that say hall monitor, uh, commons watcher, all these goofy ass playground guardian pin looking shits. They got their little reflective vests on, all their goofy little bullshit. And I'm dragging the principal's office. And he proceeds to tell me how disrespectful I am. And I cut him off and I'm like, get to the point. Because I can just leave. And I'm just smiling. As I'm like, I can just leave. So get to the point. He goes, you are prohibited from this campus. But you are not expelled. And what a mind fuck. <sighs> I'm not allowed on campus. But you're making sure to tell me that I'm not expelled. What an absolute... Mindfuck. So I'm like, alright. So when I goes, now you can leave the campus. I was like, alright, but I'm gonna go through the laws of file, make sure that nothing I leave here, right? And man, that's like getting fired and having to clean out your office. I go to my locker, I get like my two backpacks out. I was kind of bummed out too, because I was selling weed to some of the teachers there. Of course, I'm not going to name names, but at uh, Ipsy High and Ipsy High Affiliate New Tech, I was dealing weed to a couple of the teachers there at the time. And, uh, suck my dick. I'm not telling you any names on that one. But the teachers who failed me, I started charging them 15 a gram. And, man, talk about an extortionist right there. And most of what I had was kind of bunk. It's kind of booty. And they were still buying it. Meanwhile, teachers I was cool with, I, uh, I'll give them $5 a gram. Because again, I was getting tipped out at work. You know, every shift had two wages on it, and I'm working effectively three shifts, five days a week. And they're all tipping me in fucking weed. Like a gram here, a gram there, a blunt here. What the fuck, you know? So I'm just like, boop, boop, boop. At the time, you know, I started doing that shit when I was like 16. I started doing it technically speaking when I was like, no, I had to be 16 when I started doing that shit. See, I'm not, I'm not giving two iotas of a half-assed fuck. Oh, these teachers are thinking they're doing. So, you know, I was kind of bummed out that I lost that little extra stream of revenue. If you can't tell by now, I was always very entrepreneurial. Taking it from uh, old Sleazy there. Entrepreneur extraordinaire. Do you feel like I got into, I've gotten into Guar a lot lately? Like, a lot. And it's all because I've came across a Sleazy live stream every Saturday. You know, a wholesome crack dealer Sleazy P. Martini. And it really revitalized my interest in Guar. He's my favorite character. Anyway. You know, my rumble, I kind of got a shout out for him. Granted, it was him reading my, my comment and then loudly saying my name. Inside Four Walls Podcast. And I'm like, yeah, that counts. Fuck you. Anyway. I, uh. Ooh, there we go. You know, so I go to my locker, get my shit, and I, I absolutely raid the lost and found. I take shit that's not even mine. Like, I just steal shit. I don't know, this is cool. Oh, that's cool. This is cool. Oh, that's cool. I start snatching shit. There was even, like, this really ugly scarf that I knew somebody somebody I knew would like. So I took that bitch and re-gifted it to them later on. 
Ugh. Such a jackass. But. You know, and then I go tell the girlfriend, like, hey, I'm getting kicked out of school. I'm banned on the grounds so I'm not expelled. And even she was like, what? What does that fucking mean? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I'm not welcomed here, but I'm also welcome to get an education, apparently. Years later, I ran into uh, one of the teachers who explained to me what it was. It was, they were expecting me to apologize for my behavior. And then start coming to school regularly. And, ha! <laughs> well, that's gonna fucking happen, bitch. Suck my dick! You know, I just kind of grinded hard. I still don't have a GED. I'm kind of an example of somebody who's kind of slumming it without one. I'm kind of proud. I don't... I've always kind of been able to resist against the the public education that indoctrinates, indoctrinates a nation. I got friends. Got a podcast. Semi-successful. I got a Rumble channel that's fastly growing. I'm going out in the field interviewing people. I've never been jobless for more than like a week. You know, and since, you know, I've been in high school, I've only had like three, four jobs now. You know, the restaurant and then another restaurant. And then I did a third restaurant. And now I'm doing uh, warehouse work. And I've been able to hold down jobs pretty well. First restaurant, I was there for like eight years. You know, I started working when I was like 13. And the other one I worked at for like three and a half years. And now where I'm at. The other restaurant I worked at for like six months, and then they started doing vaccine mandates there early on because the owner was like, oh, now you all got to get vaccinated. I was like, I quit. And then uh, that's going to be the same thing here on November 15th. That's the, the deadline to get vaccinated where I work right now. I'm just not having it. But, uh, you know, I've never really stayed single for too long either. This is the longest I've stayed single. And it's entirely by choice. Go figure. Maybe I, should, maybe I should do an episode on that. Just talk about, you know, I kind of did before. I'm like, I think it was like Let's Chat 3. Where I go over like, you know, issues with men and women when it comes to dating. And like men destroying themselves over being single and shit. I've seen it a million times. I just always had this attitude where it's like, I can take care of myself. I always rebound, you know, I'll find a way to make money here, do a job there, make friends here, I'm pretty sociable, I got a good sense of humor, I think. So I've always had this attitude that I'll be fine, that seems to just kind of attract people, that that confidence, you know. Sure, I'm pretty, I'm on the husky side of things, I've actually lost some weight over the last couple months. Go figure. But, uh, yeah, you know. Kind of taking a break right now. You know, I got a lot of podcasting to do. Got a lot of events to film and record. That being said, there's going to be a new video of me at, at a, an NRA dinner I was at earlier tonight. It should be live uh, here in a few hours. Check that out on the outside four walls rumble. And that being said, this has been one of my stories. With a handful of little, uh, little uh, side quests involved. Digressing and side questing. Shout out to anybody who gets that fucking old ass YouTube reference. That being said, I'm James Madison. This has been uh, Inside Four Walls. I'm probably going to make this a, a Let's Chat episode. See you tomorrow at 8 in the morning. <laughs>